Welcome to the Draw Shops Get Genius Podcast, where we talk to today's business influencers to pick their brain and pull out their genius. It's time to get genius. Oh my goodness, listeners, are you in for a fantastic, super valuable show today on Get Genius? I am interviewing Jordan Goodman, and he shares so many things that you want to hear as an entrepreneur and just as a human um, that I pretty much like rocked my world because there's so many things I thought I knew, um, but there's so many cool websites and tools and tricks and things that he is going to share on this interview related to financing your business or getting out of debt if you have business debt. Um personal credit, business credit, um, how you can save on all kinds of things if you still have student loans, um, car loans, how you can pay your house off in five years. Go, how about going from 30 to five years? So, so many good things that you're going to hear. We will have all of the websites. I said it a billion times because as you listen, you're probably going to be like, I need to pull over if you're listening in the car and I need to write this down. This is too good, but just make sure you go to the blog look in the show notes, check your email. You will see all of the links to this because, um, you're going to want to check all of this out, like in any place that you're at. I mean, even if you're in the place of like, actually our business is doing awesome and we have tons of money just sitting there in our savings account. Well, there's stuff you should be doing with that where you can make like 8% on that money. So many good things. Um, but let me tell you quickly about Jordan, because I think we, we got a good story from him, but, um, I was so all about the things that he could share with us that I didn't get to tell uh, tell you or he didn't get to share some other things about him. So let me just give you the quick bio on, on Jordan before you hear this interview. Um, his name, again, is Jordan Goodman, and he's known as America's Money Answers Man. And holy crap is he. His website is moneyanswers.com. Um, But he is a nationally recognized expert on personal finance, and he's a regular guest on numerous radio and television call-in shows across the country. He's always answering questions on personal financial topics and business topics as well. He's um, frequently on The View, Fox News Network, Fox Business Network, CNN, CNBC, blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. I mean, I could just literally go on, Um, and you'll see why when, when you hear him. But um, he's he's been doing this for like 40 years. He has a great story from when he was 12 years old. Super cool. Um, and I'm going to let him tell that story because he tells it so well. But he's um, he's an author. He's a co-author. He's got uh, like over 13 best-selling books on personal finance, um, topics like how you can master your debt fast, um, how you can um, get, you know, really good profits in really hard times because we've all been there. Um, how you can just really master your money. And he's um, he's just a supreme wealth of, of knowledge and value. And I feel pretty stoked and honored that he spoke with us today. Um, you're going to love it. So many good things. Uh, so with that, I'm just going to let us roll into it right away so you can get all of this tremendous value. Hello, Jordan, and welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. Great to be with you, Summer. So we're going to talk about so many good things today and answer a lot of questions that I don't think we've really covered so much of on this show before. So I'm extra excited to really get all these good answers from you because I think uh, we're going to be addressing a lot of things that entrepreneurs, solopreneurs um, really maybe struggle with or have struggled with or got over those struggles and they're now struggling with it again because they've got new businesses. There's, you know, tons of that going on because entrepreneurs most likely have a business and then they decide they're going to start like me. (laughs) They start up some more (laughs) and then you got to learn lessons again. uh, My style is to give specific strategies and then specific resources, websites, phone numbers that they can implement those strategies. So have your papers and pencils ready. Perfect. And uh, if you don't have those papers and pencils, we'll make sure that everything is noted in the show notes and in the blog post so that you can link to it um, and and get all the information that you need. Um, But let's start with first, why, why this became important to you to help people and make things easier for them. Well, I've been doing personal financial and small business uh, money management for 
40 years, basically. And I came at it from the journalistic angle. Uh, I started, if you really want to go all the way back to the beginning summer, at age 12, I started as a journalist, actually. <laughs> nice. On, on, on Cape Cod, I used to write the youth baseball column for the Cape Cod uh, newspaper. Kind of hung around the newsroom a little bit. If you, I'll just tell you one of my earliest stories, if that's helpful. Um, so I was in, uh, we had a house in Hyannis on Cape Cod. And uh, I used to deliver the newspaper first from age 9 to 12, hang around the newspaper, said you guys could really do a youth baseball column with all the leagues around the Cape. So I did that. And then I was hanging around the newsroom, and I happened to notice there was a bunch of newspapers there that there was being printed, kind of the print overrun, I guess you'd say. And it would just sit there, and they'd just throw them out. So I said to one of the print guys, so what do you, he said, we'd throw them out. I said, would you mind if I take them? It's good. It's much, much less work for us. So I would get those papers in my bike, and then I would go down to the, the, the um, ferries that go over to Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard uh, and sell them. And you know, people would sit around the paper, the ferry and say, oh, this is nice. And after about five minutes, they're bored out of their mind. <laughs> and so I'd come by. And by the time the boat had taken off, pretty much everybody had bought a, a paper. So my cost of goods was zero, and I would make like 50 cents a paper. And by the end of the day, my hands were black with ink, but I'd made whatever, $200 or something, you know. So it was a good thing for age 12. Yeah, nice. I just keep going back and back and back until I, they ran out of papers. The print guys were happy. Nobody got hurt. Uh, my cost of goods was zero. So I became an entrepreneur at age 12. So I've been doing the same thing ever since, basically, seeing opportunities uh, in the kind of financial, journalistic, entrepreneurship space uh, to help people. So that's what I've been doing. And, and I really love to do it because it really impacts people's lives positively. So the things that you help other entrepreneurs overcome, you know, especially when it comes to to finances and, you know, getting out of business debt, or how can we fund this company in the smartest way, things like that. How did, did you learn by mistakes that you've made or did you always just kind of know the right thing to do? And how did that all evolve? Yeah. I've met a lot of people over doing this for 40 years and I check people out very carefully. Um, and I've, I mean, my business model is clear. It's an affiliate model. I recommend people that I think are really, really good and have checked them out super carefully. And when they do some business with the people I refer them to, I get a little something for it. And it, it, that's why it's a win, win, win. The uh, your listeners get services they wouldn't know existed before that we'll talk about. Uh, the company gets business they wouldn't go know about or be able to get otherwise. I get a little something in between. So that's, to me, the affiliate model. Um, and, and the concept behind that, and I think this affects all small businesses, is the most important word for success in small business is leverage. And by leverage, I don't mean debt. I mean leveraging your relationships, your database, your finances, your entire existence, because you as an individual can only do so much. <laughs> you have 24 hours a day, supposedly you sleep some, right? and there's just only so much you can do as an individual. But if you leverage what you offer with other people and what they offer, the two of you combined can do a lot more than each of you can do individually. So I mean, in my affiliate model, I'm out there on radio shows and TV shows and helping people in all kinds of ways. If I mention somebody that does something really good, they get business from it. You see how I'm leveraging their expertise. I don't have to be their expertise, but I can tell people about their expertise. And therefore, again, it's a win-win-win. So that's that's a concept a lot of people use. You can leverage your vendors. You can leverage your customers. Uh, you can leverage your financial situation. You can leverage your Facebook list. <laughs> There's just a lot of things you can leverage. And in today's world, particularly online, there's a lot of ways of improving your leverage and therefore the success of your business. That's so true. And and when you look at successful entrepreneurs and businesses or at really, you know, powerful and effective ones, that is what they've done. It hasn't just been that one entrepreneur is an expert in every single thing. They they have to leverage. And that's often a, a, that's a downside. I mean, right. people think, "Oh, I've got to do it all myself." And I mean, take an extreme example. Bill Gates, okay, he had a great idea. He was a programmer, dropped out of Harvard. Well, he did not create Microsoft on his own. <laughs> he started right. it, but he hired other people with expertise, and now it's this huge company, uh, you know, global company. He, he started it, but he realized very quickly, you give up some equity to get other people to do it. And now he's a multi-billionaire because he's leveraging the efforts of all the people 
and customers that have contributed to Microsoft over the last 40 years, whatever it may be. So that's kind of an extreme example of leverage uh, working in your behalf. Yeah, and I, it's so great because I think people come up with ideas or have a vision for something and then quickly feel defeated when they realize what an undertaking it is, but they assume that they have to take it all on themselves, but they don't, and they right. can make it happen. other people's expertise. You, you yep. don't have to know it all. Take on other people's expertise, their database, their customers, so anyway, that's people. You remember back Dustin Hoffman said the, the key to success in, in business is plastics. I think it's leverage now. That's the word I would use today. Yeah, yeah. I know. I love that. So I want to talk about something um, really important and at top of mind for many entrepreneurs, those who are either just starting a business or maybe starting another business um, separate from their main business, um, and that is financing. Yes. And there's Huge so many problems today. Yes, yep. it is. <laughs> and there's so many various ways to do it. And I really want to. I know that you have so many great tools and and you know different probably perspectives on on looking at it than people are maybe used to. People think the way to finance a small business is to go to a traditional bank. Yes, not going to work for the most part. Okay, banks are very risk averse, and banks want physical assets they can seize if you don't pay the bills. Okay, right. They want inventory. They want warehouses. They want widgets. Okay. Most small businesses today are not in the widget business. Okay. They're in creating apps or websites or services or something that's you know, virtual, but it's not physical. Right. So it's really difficult to go to traditional banks today. Now that doesn't mean there aren't ways to finance it. Now there are both individuals and institutions, hedge funds, for example, that are into the business of financing small business. Now, you can't approach them directly. You don't know how to play the game. But there are these kind of clearinghouses, I guess you'd call them, that put you, the small business, in touch with the correct funders of small businesses once you're vetted to get you really good financing at decent interest rates. Uh, my favorite one is called Corporate Lending Solutions. And there's a website for them, CorporateLendingSolutions.com. And they do exactly this. They've done this for about 30 years. So what they do is they vet you as a small business, and the difference between them and a traditional bank, a bank looks for assets, uh, corporate lending solutions looks for cash flow. Yeah. So they're going to look at your bank statements for the last, whatever, six months or so, and see how much cash is kind of going through there, and what you can afford in paying back a loan. Okay, that's a very different animal than stuff you can seize if something goes wrong. Right. Uh, and so the cash flow lenders are you know looking at the same kind of thing. So they'll do an analysis of your business, and there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Uh, there could be vendor financing, it can be equipment financing, payroll financing, lines of credit. Depending on what you need, there's just a lot of different ways of going. Now, this is typically not for an absolute startup because you can't show six months of cash flow. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't have existed yet. But if you're on up and running, and I'd say six months to a year into it, and you've shown some success, you can get financing at decent interest rates, six, seven, eight percent. You know, it doesn't have to be ridiculously high rates without having inventory. Uh, so that's a real revelation for an awful lot of people. So that, to me, is the right way to do it: is to go to these kind of alternative financing, I guess you might call it, warehouses or, or clearinghouses, CorporateLendingSolutions.com. That, to me, is the right way to do it. Let me tell you what I think is the wrong way to do it as well, which is what what are called merchant cash advances. Maybe you're familiar with those MCAs. So what they will do is they'll charge extremely high interest rates, you know, 100%, 400%, just some ridiculous wow. high yeah. rate. And what they do is they attach your credit card receivables. So say you're a restaurant, okay, and you have a constant cash flow as people are doing charges on their, their meals all the time. They will take over your uh, credit card receivable, uh, you know, processing, and they take out one, two, three percent a day from your credit card receivables. It doesn't seem like much, but the interest rate is extremely high on something like that. So it's very attractive because it's unsecured. It's like double paying for your for your merchant fees already. Right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But it's easy. You apply these people on the phone. You can get your money in a day or two days, unsecured. And you know what's the problem? The problem is the interest rates are extremely, extremely high, and you get on this kind of treadmill that literally bankrupts a lot of businesses. Uh, this is what I call the payday lending of small business, basically. So I would avoid, if you possibly can, and they're out there. At last I heard there's about $600 billion 
and outstanding loans to merchant cash advance companies. Wow. And you, you know, I n- actually didn't even know that that was something that existed. <laughs> I'd actually never heard of that. You probably know some of them. I'm not going to name some of the names, of them, but you probably know some of the names of these companies because they're out there all the time. They're advertising. You'll get things in the mail as a small business that literally is a check. And you say, sign this check and you'll have money in a day. It's so I've seen that for personal people. I've uh, Yeah, I've seen ads for that. So this is essentially the same thing, but for a business. A small business. Yeah. Correct. Okay. They make it real, real easy. They give you the, the hook real easily. And a lot of businesses, particularly kind of desperate small businesses, they need to make payroll on Friday. Say, sure, I'll take that. You know, it sounds cheap to me. And then they then they need to get one after another after another uh, because, you know, it comes becomes like a treadmill that you keep <laughs> running yourself down until you go bankrupt. So uh, that's, to me, the bad way to do it. I would avoid merchant cash advances if you possibly can and use the uh, kind of alternative way with legitimate financing at decent interest rates. Again, my favorite place, corporatelendingsolutions.com. Awesome. That's like super, super good advice because especially for those that are in, you know, kind of that desperate situation of, you know, or, or they're trying to, they've invested a lot of capital in trying to do something. And now they're at a point where they're like, oh crap, but we can't run our everyday business. Right. So that's cash flow is everything. Yeah, and this absolutely. Hurts your cash flow. It's at the beginning, it's good. It feels nice to get the money in. You can pay off some debts, but then very quickly, the, the bills mount up at unbelievable rates, just unbelievable rates. Oh, I'm so sure. this gets to the next area, if we could, which is if you are piled in uh, a lot of debt. That was my debt. next question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What do you do about it? Okay. What most people do is they hide under the desk and don't <laughs> open the mail or don't answer the calls or don't look at their email. Okay. Hiding doesn't help. Okay. The creditors only get angrier. Okay. So what you want, and, and typically what they'll do is they will pay the creditor that screams at them the loudest or most re- recently. Okay. Wrong move, okay? Yeah. What you want to do is use the concept of what's called debt prioritization, meaning you prioritize the creditors that have the most leverage over your business. You give them more money sooner, and you give the creditors that have the least leverage less money later, okay? Right. So like the utility company could turn off your lights tomorrow and put you out of business. They got a lot of leverage, okay? You want to make keep them happy. Some lawyer that you did some contract three years ago that you never went through with has no leverage on you, okay? But if the lawyer screams at you louder, you might pay him first and then your lights get turned off. That's not a good system, okay? Now, you can try to do this on your own, but there are companies that specialize in helping small businesses with exactly what we call this debt prioritization. Uh, And there's a website for that, helpwithpayables.com. And so they have a very sophisticated system where they've done this for like 30 years and they look at every one of your creditors and they assign them a leverage ratio from one to 10. 10 meaning they have a lot of leverage, one meaning they have no leverage, okay? And again, they've done this for thousands of businesses for 30 years or so. So they look at each creditor and give them a leverage ratio. And then based on that, they give each creditor an offer that say, okay, uh, you know, the, the business owes you $1,000. Would you take 50 cents on the dollar six months from now? Or, you know, if it's got a lot of leverage, would you take 70 cents on the dollar three months from now? If they got low leverage, would you take 10 cents on the dollar a year from now? You get the principle of the thing. Yeah. And then each creditor agrees they'd rather get something than nothing. And then once the creditors have agreed, you just make one payment to the help with payables people. They pay all the creditors. And they're not paying back the full amount. I mean, they're giving them a haircut, but again, they'd rather get something than nothing. And then all you have to do is make one payment a month to the help with payables people. They disperse the money, and they tell me that they save 75 to 80% of the businesses that help them, that they help, as opposed to going under, basically, because your money's going the wrong place all the time. Right. So that's a service that a lot of small businesses could use that don't even know exists. Uh, because they're just so piled under in debt, they don't know where to go. So hopefully that'll help some folks too. No, that's that's fantastic advice. Have, have I love you heard that. Of that before? I have not heard of that before. No. Good. But I think it's I, I that's awesome because I know that that you know I'm sure that that's a for many many you know small businesses that's that's something and like you said, uh, people tend to avoid and <laughs> and it just prolongs the the torture. It's worse. <laughs> yeah. Including the IRS. I mean, you just can't run from creditors. Oh, no, no, exactly. You can hide, but they'll come and get you one way or the other. Or they'll start 
putting liens. I mean, they, it, it gets ugly if you avoid them. So this is a way of dealing with it. And the creditor is used to it. And, and when the creditors call, you say, don't call me, call help with payables and they'll handle it. Yeah. So you can actually get back to running your business instead of avoiding creditor calls, which makes your life much better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So now what about people that, you know, if they um, are a new business or they're trying to build business credit um, and, and can we talk a little bit about personal credit and business credit? Yeah, and, very important. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of people mix the two. The worst thing you can do when starting a business is to run it out of your personal checking account and use personal credit cards and personal lines of credit and your mortgage and you know cash advances. And Don't do that, okay? Because you're just messing up your personal life with your business life. Right. In the best of all worlds, you may not be able to do it, but in the best of all worlds, and this is a serious business. This is not like this little hobby on the side. You set up the correct uh, organization. Could be a subchapter S, a limited liability corporation, LLC. Could be a limited partnership. There's a bunch of different ways of doing it, but you set this up as a real thing, you get a taxpayer ID, and you start building business credit in the name of that company. I mean, this is what I've done for many, many years. I've had my company for over 35 years at this point. And then the, the equivalent of Equifax, Experian, TransUnion on the personal side, on the business side, is done in Bradstreet. So D&B looks at your finances, and then you have to tell them which vendors uh, you are using and then they check with those vendors and to see what your payment history is. You're trying to build up what's called your Paydex score, which is how you pay your bills, basically. The highest you can get is 80, basically. And okay. I've always had 80. And it, you know, it may not be instant, but over time, when you get a good Paydex score, and they're going to look at your balance sheet and your income statement, just everything about you, uh, you get more credit at better rates, and it just helps you expand the whole thing. Uh, credit does not happen instantly. It's a kind of a long-term process you have to build up, but you have to be set up to build it up in the right way in the first place, which a lot of people, a lot of small businesses don't even know they have a D&B report or uh, are not aware of it or their paydex score or any of these kind of things, and it really hurts them. It's just like being an individual, having no clue what your credit score is. <laughs> You're asking yeah. for trouble that way, okay? Exactly. So there are places that will help you do that, either create one in the first place or correct errors or kind of get it better once you've already got going. And that place is called tourdebusiness.com, T-O-U-R-D-E-business.com. It's a place called Better Qualified. And they do the business side on the D&B, and they also do the personal side as well, which is tourdecredit.com, which is helping get errors off your personal credit report. So it really pays off to kind of pay attention to that um, nurture your DNB report every year when you do your tax return, send in your balance sheet and your income statement, and you build, and then they give you a score over time. Not only your paydex score, but your, I think they call it a financial stress score and how likely it is to pay your bills or not. And that really, really helps your business over time to have access to credit where you can get credit as you need it and also at lower interest rates and better terms. Right. And what are some of the things that contribute to that score? to making it better. Obviously it's built, but like which, which bills, is it credit cards? Is it, you know, what are the things that they're actually looking at? Well, they're, they're more looking at vendors actually. Okay. Uh, you know, you're paying your delivery service or, uh, your office supply company or your SEO firm or whatever, whatever companies you your accounting firm, the vendors that you use for your business is typically what they're looking for. Um, not as much credit cards directly. It's really, more vendor relationships. And that's why Dun Bradstreet doesn't know who your vendors are. You have to tell them. And you say, here's the person I pay at my accounting firm, and here's their name and phone number and email address. And they then contact them and say, what has been their payment history for the last six months or a year? And you have to keep that. As you add new vendors, you keep telling them, here are the new vendors. And they check with them. Now, some of them, big ones, like a phone company, would be kind of automated, or like an airline, you know, it's kind of automated. But your local accounting firm or office supply shop or whatever it may be, they're not going to know who that is, so you have to tell them who it is and just kind of keep that up to date. Uh, because when you're adding new vendors, they want to see how you're paying the old vendors. Right? So that's the way it works. So it's a bit of a different animal than uh, personal credit lines where it's more credit cards and lines of credit at banks, things like that. Right. Now, for businesses that are looking to 
use business credit without having to attach themselves personally. So they might, you know, have it under the business, but they're still the guarantor, whatever the proper term is, they're still checking the personal profile. Is there a way that businesses can do it where it's just the business and you don't have to have the personal attachment to it? You have to have a long long history to do that because usually if you go from a traditional bank, they're going to want what's called a personal guarantee, meaning if the business fails, they want to be able to go after you personally. That's just the way it is. Now, if their business is extremely well-established, you may be able to get away with something like that. But with traditional banks, uh, they, you know, the business could disappear, and then what do they do? Right? They've loaned you a lot of money. They want to be able to go after you personally. So it's possible, but it's not. I just got a line of credit myself. I've been in business for almost 30 years, and they still ask for personal guarantees. So yeah. it, it, it's, it's going to be hard to get away from that one, frankly. I mean, the people at CorporateLendingSolutions.com may, depending on the situation, may give you a, a pure business loan without a personal guarantee. But I would go into it assuming you're going to have to do that. So now let's assume, <laughs> let's assume we've got these things in order. You've got really great cash flow and, you know, it's, it's kind of sitting there. You're, you're using what you need, you're paying, you're, but, and, and you've got this great positive cash flow. It's awesome. What, what can people do with that instead of a lot of people will just put it away in a business savings account and it just kind of sits there. Um, maybe it's for an emergency, right? Exactly. Right. What's, I mean, what's the proper thing to do or what's Yeah. Because you're right. A lot of companies and individuals have a lot of money sitting around literally in cash, CDs, savings accounts, money market funds, literally earning zero. It just drives me crazy because the banks can get away with it, basically. Yeah. If, if people will keep their money there sitting like a lump, it's like, great, we'll, we'll take your money for free. You know, why do we have to change anything? So, so you've got to do something different. So I'll tell you something I'm involved with, which could help a lot of your folks, which are called secured real estate funds. And that's a way of earning an 8% yield over one year very securely. And you can take monthly checks if you like. If you don't need the money, you could reinvest it and have your money compounding at an 8% rate. And what they're doing is they're lending money to small businesses who are renovating or constructing or improving commercial real estate one way or the other. Could be schools, it could be apartment buildings, could be assisted living, parking lots, student housing, all kinds of different things. And as we said, it's hard for people to get loans these days traditional loans. And on top of that, it's even harder to get a commercial mortgage from a bank. Mm -hmm. It could take you a year of huge amounts of paperwork and appraisals and all kinds of things. And then they reject you in the end anyway. This is what happens. So this is kind of an, just as the corporate lending solutions was kind of an alternative to help small businesses get revolving lines of credit. This is an alternative way for people to finance their construction or renovation of commercial property. So as a result of that, and it's short term, like a year or so is what these loans are for. Okay. But as a result of that, they're willing to pay a higher rate to get the deal done quickly, like maybe 10%, something like that. So the fund uh, pays you, the investor, either business or individual, an 8%, what's called a preferred return, meaning you get the 8% before the management of the fund gets anything. Okay. And then they get something on the back end once the, the projects perform. And that's why they're willing to do that because they've had a track record of doing this for like 30 years and they know these projects are going to work. So they get paid. So say they charge 10%. They pay you, the investor, 8%, you know, right up front every month as the interest payments come in. And then when the project's complete, they may get 2% on the back end. But that to me is a much better way of having your money earn 8% instead of sitting in the bank earning zero. A website for that is secured real estate funds with an S funds.com. They've also got a phone number, 888-444-2102. Now, this is a new, what's called a Regulation A-plus fund. They've only been around for about two years. And the reason these were formed, in 2012, Congress passed a bill called the Jobs Act of 2012. And in a certain way, that kind of legitimized crowdfunding, which people are kind of used to. But this now allowed people to do this as a security through the SEC. So this secured real estate fund is approved by the SEC, went through the whole SEC process, and it allows the average individual, the minimum investment, by the way, is $5,000 with no commissions or fees. All the money is fully invested. 
Okay. As long as you can put your money aside for a year, you can get the 8%. In the past, you would have had it been like a $100 million pension fund or something to get these kind of returns. And this Jobs Act kind of democratized crowdfunding. Think of it that way. Um, so it's good for both sides. Those businesses can get loans they couldn't get otherwise because it's kind of a new source of capital. And investors can get returns that were formerly only for the big boys, the institutions and so on. And it works both ways. So that was a, a, a jobs act that actually made a difference. And you're starting to see more and more of these so-called Reg A plus funds. That's what they're called for short. This is awesome. <laughs> what, <laughs> what's the risk involved with that? Well, it's liquidity. I mean, you don't have access to your money for a year. This is not money you should put in that you need access to for a year. So if it's so cash this is flow, not like you need- your emergency fund or your, you know, if we, you're so many months of operations like that. No, no. Oh, right. Okay. No. This has got to be money you don't need for at least a year. Okay. Um, you know, you have some some you need for emergency operations, but some of it you don't. So uh, that that's I guess you'd say a risk is a liquidity risk. That you, but you're giving up liquidity in return for a much higher yield than you could ever get. If you want to keep your your cash liquid, you're going to get zero. Okay. So. For the money that you don't need for a year, and by the way, you can do this inside an IRA or a 401k or pension plan or, you know, there's other ways of having it. Then the 8% would be growing tax-free, even better, right? right? <laughs> so, but it definitely is money that you cannot need for a year. Okay, that's one risk, I guess you'd say. I mean, it's, it's diversified. It's commercial real estate. I mean, if the commercial real estate market crashed, there may be some defaults in this kind of thing, but it's widely diversified. And because it's relatively short term, meaning a year or so, and the strategy they use behind it is what they call forced appreciation. And by that, what they mean is what's happening to the building is making the building appreciate dramatically, and therefore the borrower has a tremendous incentive to make it work. Let me give you an example of some of how this worked, if that would be helpful. Yeah. Uh, There's a guy that had a big house, I think it was in Boulder, Colorado, that he'd been renting out to two students forever. He got a loan from the fund, over a year renovated the house to make it into four apartments, four bathrooms, four kitchens, four doors. So now a year later, the house is worth like 50% more than what it was, and his income just doubled. Okay, so it was worth it for him to pay 10% for a year to double his income and improve the value of his house dramatically. The guy's not going to default on a project like that. He knows it's going to pay off. Right. It, It was not based on what was happening in Boulder real estate. It was based on what he was doing to that specific property to make it worth more and to improve the cash flow from that property. And that's why the default rate is almost zero because they go into these projects knowing it's going to pay off. The borrower has a tremendous incentive to make it work. And they also have their own money in the line. The maximum that they'll lend is 70% of the value of the property. So the builder developer always has 30% skin in the game, I guess you might put it. And they don't give them all the money up front. They kind of drip it to them you know, 10% of the time, you know, you're going to do this part of renovation, then they inspect it to make sure that was done. Then they give them the next 10%. So there's a lot of kind of safety. And it's diversified, again, by different types we talked about. And it's diversified geographically across the country. So I would never use the word guaranteed. The word I use is secured. It's secured by the physical real estate. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Now let's let's shift a little bit into, you know, we're still we're still talking about entrepreneurs, but maybe on a personal level, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, many of us put our own, like you were saying earlier, we put in our own personal money, especially at the very beginning when you're starting right. up. Um, but how can us as individuals, and I mean, really, this can apply to, to anybody, but look at some things in our regular bills and expenses and cut back on those. So I guess what I'm getting at is, are there some things out there that we could be doing that we may not be aware of that could actually really have a nice cut in what we're spending each month? Let me give you three. Okay. okay. The first one would be student loans, which is a huge problem for a lot of people. Yeah. The and people carry be, those for a long, long time, don't they? <laughs> 30 years. Isn't that crazy? It's like getting a mortgage when you're 17. Exactly. You have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so student loans would be the first one. The second one I'll talk about is car loans. And the third one I'm going to talk about is mortgages. Okay. So how to pay them off all much, much, much quicker. So let's start with student loans first. Huge problem for entrepreneurs, young people today. Average person coming out of college, 38,000 in student loan debt. That's the average. 
and I do a lot of call and radio shows and things, and you know, people have got 50,000, 100,000. I speak to a lot of dentists, actually. They typically come out of dental school with three and 400,000 in debt. It's just unbelievable. Wow, wow. I, I spoke at an event in Las Vegas, and there was a husband and wife team that had both gone through orthodontia school. They each had 500,000 in debt. They had a million in debt between the two of them. It's going to take them 20 years or whatever, 30 years to pay it off. Staggering, wow. staggering. So, and I find a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, a lot of young people with great ideas coming out of school, uh, they can't think of starting a business because they got such a huge, uh, you know, burden of student loans and they go back and live in the basement. People joke about it, but over 50% of people graduating from college today are going back and living at home again because they can't afford to service the student loans and buy a car and a house and kind of get on with life, basically. Crazy, yeah. So, okay, so two things you can do. The first thing is consolidate. If you've got a whole bunch of federal loans at different interest rates, consolidate them all into one. And a website for that would be consolidatecollege.com. It can be kind of complicated to go through the Department of Education system, particularly if you've had deferments or latenesses. or It, it can be complicated. So that at least will give you one loan at the lowest possible interest rate. And a lot of people do not realize you can refinance your student loans to about a 2% interest rate. So you're going to combine federal loans, which are maybe in the 5%, 6 7% range, with private loans, like from banks or other places that might be 7 to 12%, all of that into one at typically a 2% rate. Now, there's a place to do that, which is called Credible, and the website for that is credible.com, and then put backslash money answers. They know it's me that way. You get 200 bucks off your first payment if you get, get it that oh, way. Oh, nice. So what Credible is, they don't do the lending themselves. Think of it as like a a clearinghouse for about six or seven other lenders like credit unions and others who specialize in student loan refinancing. So you put in the numbers and they see what you apply, you're going to qualify for. And then they're going to give you different offers and they're competing for your business to get you the best deal. And typically, depending on your credit, it's in the two to 3% range. You would get all the private loans, all the federal loans, all into one and I'm not making the loans disappear, but if you're paying them off at 2% instead of 6% or 10%, you'll pay them off a lot quicker. Okay? So, exactly. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's a big burden, but that's one thing you can do to kind of get those student loans under control. I actually did a book on this called The Ultimate Guide to Student Debt. And it's this is where people's heads are at these days is how do I get this huge albatross out from under me? Um, and particularly for a small business person, if you've got student loan debt, it's going to be hard to start or finance a business unless it's an instant success uh, with having that huge burden over you. Absolutely. Let alone, you know, start a family, buy a house, and do all those other things that require your credit and, and all of that financing. That That's the, the burden of this generation, actually. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Bernie Sanders talks about making free. That's nice. Not going to happen, folks. Okay. Don't expect that to happen. So no. <laughs> back to reality. Here you go. So Again, credible.com backslash money answers to help them on the student loan debt. Okay, so now should we take care of their car? Yes. All you right. have car advice too. I love it. Uh, so people take on some really nice cars with some really big payments. Okay, and it's nice, but in many cases, they just can't afford these. Now, you really don't want the repo man coming at two in the morning and you've got to shoot him with a shotgun or something to keep him from taking your car. This is not a good scene. You don't want to be... And in fact, today, what the, the car uh, finance companies will do is they'll put a device in your car that if you don't make your payment, they disable your car on the spot remotely. You're driving along the highway and your car dies. Oh, I guess I didn't make my payment. So you, you really don't want to go there. Okay. Wow. <laughs> what you don't realize is you can refinance your car loan to a lower interest rate and a different maturity that will allow you to pay it off quicker, at least have a payment that you can afford as opposed to when you can't afford. Right. So there's a free website, myloangen, G-E-N, myloangen.com. And you go on there, you put in your car payment, how many more months you have to go, the value of the car, interest rate, and then it's going to give you a little dial and you move the dial to where you want. It's like currently I'm paying $500 a month and it's going to take me three more years to pay off my car. All right, well, if I move the dial out to six years, and I cut my payment to 250, that's more comfortable. Okay. And the car's going to last anyway. So I just cut your car payment in half. Now, I did it by lengthening out the maturity, but 
that's okay. So a lot of people have gotten way over their heads with bigger car payments than they can afford. And the car dealers are not going to tell them about this, right? They like the current situation. Um, so it's a way of getting your payment down. And you pick what payment you want, literally. And it, it, you move the dial. Oh, that's a payment I can afford. You lock in on that. You hit submit. And then that is submitted to a lot of credit unions around the country who then uh, get back to you and say, okay, we'll make the best deal. They're competing for your business again. So we just cut your car payment in half or whatever level you want to cut it to, and in many cases, cutting the interest rate as well. So again, the website for that, myloangen.com. It's amazing. Within five minutes, you could have refinanced your car loan completely online without even having to talk to anybody. Wow. You just gave, I mean, so much incredible information, and literally you can just go to all of these websites and just... I solved the biggest one for last. How about that? Yes, please. Would you mind if I paid your mortgage off, your 30-year mortgage off in five years on your existing level of income? I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay. So this is a strategy called mortgage optimization. You will never hear about this from a bank because banks are real happy with the current system. All right. So I'm just going to run through a very simple example of how this works. And by this website for this too, truthinequity.com. So the traditional system is this. You have a 30-year mortgage. You make the same payment for 30 years. All the interest is front-end loaded, right? The first 10 to 15 years, you're making almost all interest payments. After 15 years, maybe you've paid off 10% of the principal of a mortgage, right. right? When you sign all those papers and you're excited to just get the key and get out of the lawyer's office, there's an amortization table right there showing in black and white how much interest and how much principal you're paying, and nobody ever looks at it, okay? It's right there, okay? And meanwhile, you're keeping your money, your cash flow, in the checking account, earning zero. See how this system works really well for the bank? You give them your money for free. Yes. And you pay them interest for 30 years. The banks are real happy. This is, this is You're a great customer. You're doing a great job, right? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's reverse the tables completely. Instead of having your money work for the bank, you have it work for you. What a unique idea. So mortgage optimization uses what's called a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, right, which is a liquid line against your house. It's like a second mortgage against your house. You can put money in. You can take it out whenever you like with no restrictions electronically. You can write checks on it as you, as you will. You take your income uh, from salaries, from royalties, from dividends, whatever source, and you get that money instead of sitting in the checking account, in the HELOC. Remember, you can put money in and out whenever you like. You keep that money in the HELOC, and HELOCs are based on what's called average daily balance. How much do I owe today? So the money that you put in there is pushing down your balance every day. Say you have a HELOC for $50,000, you owe 50, you give them a check for 1,000, you now owe 49,000, right? Right. So you're paying interest on the amount of balance you have outstanding. So yesterday you were paying interest on 50000 Today you're paying interest on 49000 right? So all the income goes in. You're pushing that balance down every day. And then once a month, you pay your bills. Have all your bills go onto one credit card, hopefully when you get frequent flyer miles or something that you like. And then that one day... I love points. The, <laughs> get your points. But the main thing is to consolidate your bills into one place. And then that one day, your balance goes up because you're paying your bills through the HELOC. But every other day during the month, you are making progress on your mortgage. Does this make sense? It does. Oh my gosh, so, I feel like we need to draw that out. That's so cool. I'm, I'm going to draw it out. I'm going to draw it <laughs> But literally what's happening is every month that goes by, your mortgage payment is going down at an accelerating rate as you pay your mortgage off faster. People just we're blown away by that. Okay. So let me just give a super oversimplified example of how this works. All right. Okay. So let's say you have a house worth 300000 and you have a 200000 first at 4%. No, you have a good rate on the first. Okay. Uh, you would take a $50,000 HELOC. Remember, you got plenty of equity. Your, right. your house is worth three hundred. You'd open a new $50,000 HELOC, write a check on it for 50000 towards your first. Right. So instead of owing two hundred, you owe 150. Now, you use this technique in over nine months, a year, say it's nine months, however long it may be, you pay that 50000 off because you have that income going in there all the time pushing down your balance. So say nine months from now, the 50000 is paid off. 
you do it again. You write another $50,000 check towards the first. So instead of owing 150, you owe 100 on the first, right? And then another nine months later, you do it again. You do it twice more. Wow. Your first is now paid off. And then you do the HELOC and you pay off the HELOC. And in whatever, five years, you are now mortgage-free on the same level of income you've had before. Amazing. That's <laughs> huge. Nobody's hearing that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You know, I've heard of, I have heard of uh, HELOC before, but I have not heard it used this way. Right. That's a lot of people have HELOCs. I like to say they have a Maserati in the garage. They just don't know how to drive. Right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. in this case, so, so here's what, there's three things you need to make the system work. Got to have equity in your house. If you're underwater in your house, there's nothing to borrow against. Got to have a decent credit score, 680 or higher, to qualify for that HELOC. And the most important thing is you got to have positive cash flow during the month. More money coming in than going out because that positive cash flow is what's pushing that balance down every day. Obviously, the more positive cash flow you have, the faster it gets paid off. Right? And I bet the vast majority of your listeners have those three things. And literally, I have just saved them 25 years off their mortgage and literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in needless interest. When people do the traditional system, they'll get a 30-year mortgage at 5% and then rates drop to 4 They say, oh, this is great. I'm going to refinance and get a lower interest rate and lower payment. Well, that's nice, but what they just did is restarted the 30-year clock all over again. So they just threw out 10 years of interest they've been paying to the bank. And the bank says, you've done a great job. You have a lower interest rate and a lower payment. What they didn't say is you just started the clock all over again, and you're going to pay us many, many times that <laughs> amount in interest. People say, where does the money go? The money goes to the banks. That's where it goes. Now, so I've, heard, see, of, I, I've yeah, heard of the biweekly payments before. That will save two or three years off your mortgage. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. This is 25 years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> if you do, if you do biweekly, it means during the year, you're making 13 monthly payments instead of 12. Right. So it'll help some, not a bad thing, but the difference is liquidity. You make an extra mortgage payment, you can't get the money back out. You can't write a check on your mortgage. It's what I want to call a one-way one mousetrap. You put money in, or you say you make extra principal payments. Well, that'll help you. 25 years from now, okay, but you can't get the money back out. When you have the HELOC, it's liquid. You put money in, you're constantly putting your money in, and if you need it for a car repair or tuition or whatever, you, you have instant access to your money. Don't have a, a savings account, a so-called emergency fund, sitting there earning nothing when that money could be pushing down your balance every day. Now, this takes a mindset change, okay? This is not something that a lot of people have heard about before. And that's why, I, and I mentioned this website, truthinequity.com. It's a free website. You go there, you fill in a personal profile in which you put your income, your expenses, your mortgage, your house value. And it's going to say, okay, based on what you're doing today, it's going to take you 28 and a half years to pay off your mortgage, and you're going to pay 250000 interest, whatever the numbers come to be. And with the numbers you just gave us, it's going to be 5.6 years, and you're going to save... 190,000 interest, whatever the numbers come out to be, and then step by step, they show you how to do it. Now, I've given you kind of an oversimplified example, but hopefully that kind of made some sense. The difference is your money is working for you every day instead of working for the bank. Right. Wow, that's that's <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. I, I would imagine everyone's taking notes that's listening right now. But again, we're going to have links to all of this. So don't worry if you missed anything or didn't write it down fast enough. Oh, my gosh. And by the so way, you can do things. that. You can do that for your business as well. So say you have a commercial mortgage on your business. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Absolutely the same thing. So, say you have a rental property. Okay. You can have your tenants pay your commercial mortgage off in five years instead of 30 years and make the thing free and clear much, much quicker. So it has other applications for business as well. I just used a personal example, but you can do it both ways as well. So that makes your business cash flow positive much, much faster. Your customers are paying off your mortgage much faster. That's a wonderful thing. No, and that's such a great point. Like you said, in, in rental properties doing that because then you're getting, you know, I'm assuming you're getting your whatever your rate is for for the rent, for the rental. Right. But, but you're normally keeping it in your checking account, earning but, zero. Right. But now, but now the, the payment's going to go down, but you're still getting that same amount and you're able to pay it off faster. So you, you have even you become more. become free and clear much, much faster. Exactly. Correct. Exactly. 
Ah, so many good things. I'm so excited <laughs> myself. I've learned so much. This is so awesome. Where where can like people connect with you, find more information about you and all of because I'm sure you have just like tons more. <laughs> this is just the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. Yes, my, my website is moneyanswers.com. Uh, I've been doing this again for like 40 years. So on moneyanswers.com, I do take emails. I'm going to be glad to take emails from your listeners, uh, followers as well. I've got videos. I've got a Money Answers YouTube channel. Uh, I've got uh, links and blogs and newsletters and podcasts and just all kinds of different things. This is what I love to do. As you can see, I really love helping people uh, in ways... I'm solving problems they didn't even know they had in many cases. No, and it's so exciting so it because, good. but the things that you're talking about, you know, these little solutions would, little big solutions would actually solve so many of the other problems that they have that they, you know, didn't realize. I mean, just, can you imagine if you could pay off your your home in five years, you know, what, what would that do for your life? Um, and just all Say these- Say you're a 30-year-old and you have your mortgage paid off by 35 instead of 60. Would, would you have a better life? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. So just look at what we've done. We've helped them finance their business. We help them if they have debt problems as a business. We've helped them get their business credit in much better shape. We help them pay off their student loan debt. We help them pay off their mortgage faster. We help them pay off their car loan faster. And we got them a secure way to earn 8% on their money. So hopefully they're in a little better shape than when we started this process. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Jordan, you're so awesome. I wish I had you in my back pocket all the time. I'd be like <laughs> asking you questions. And <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being on the show. This was so, so amazing. So many good things. I'm I'm just, my mind's a little bit blown, but it's it's all good. <laughs> People can all, always play it back and go over it again. Oh, and again, totally each am. of these things I've checked out extremely carefully, know the people behind them. And they're highly reputable. They deliver on what they say. So, I mean, that's part of the whole vetting process that I go through all the time. But, I mean, this took many years to come up with all these different solutions. Forty years, yeah. Yeah, wow. but it works. And, and this is something the average person doesn't have a clue exists. When you go through business school, they teach you all about running the, the company's finances, but not entrepreneurship for the most part or all these kind of things. They don't have a clue about this stuff in business school. So, you're, you're giving them a quick summer uh, MBA, I guess we'll call it. That's I like it. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for, for being on the show. Check out moneyanswers.com. And again, we will have links to everything that we talked about on the show notes, on the blog. Thank you, Jordan. You're amazing. Thanks so much, Summer. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to today's Get Genius. You can learn more about The Draw Shop at www.thedrawshop.com. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Your home for kick-butt custom whiteboard marketing videos. Your ideas come to life. Thanks for listening. Please share, comment, and make any suggestions for future genius guests.